Welcome to Fearless Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando, and we're on episode 248. Yeah. And it's an update episode. Yeah. But before we get started, we want to say thank you to all of you that continue to support us on buymeacoffee.com slash pure hustle. Uh, always appreciate the cups of coffee that you share with us, meaning that, you know, you buy $5 for one or you buy two or three or you sign up for the yearly membership. We are always grateful. We're hoping to do another Zoom call here pretty soon. So stay tuned. If you are a member, we'll be messaging you via the app. So take a look for that Zoom app. But again, thank you for all your support at buymeacoffee.com slash pure hustle. Link is in the description below. That's right. All right. So oh, also hit that like button. And if you're not subscribed, subscribe and hit that bell notification and comment, comment, comment. Let us know how is summer going? Yeah. Have you experienced the summer slowdown? Have you been, have you been slowing down or have you taken the advice that we gave in the, uh, I don't know what we called it, but the, the don't let the summer slow you down episode. Uh, <laughs> have you been, have you been grinding and killing it or, uh, are you seeing the dip that, uh, you know, it happens. So or let ha- us know about down below. I was going to say, or have you implemented everything we talked about and things aren't still working out? I'd love to hear that too. Yeah. Do we, cause need- this is not financial advice. Yeah. Do. Yeah. Don't eat lead paint. So there we go. There we go. Good. All right. How are things going for you, Mike? Oh man. Frustration, frustration. Okay. Um, so last time we had an episode and we talked about what I was looking forward to is getting my shed built. Oh, right? that's right. And, uh, I spent so much time. We rented a tractor to help, you know, level out and scrape the area where it was going to be. I spent probably a good six or seven hours with a shovel and a pickaxe and a six foot level and a bunch of like cinder blocks and and gravel just trying to level it out because I was eight inches off level and if you're more than four inches off level they won't do it or they'll charge you a bunch of money so I was just out there just in the sun just grinding the day before they were supposed to deliver just just leveling the heck out of this this pad and then they come right but the bummer was so this was a day so I'm out of school now like my, my schooling's done I've got summer school coming up here pretty soon but the day that we scheduled the install and we scheduled it like two months in advance was a day I had like a leadership meeting thing that I had to go to. And it was an all day workshop on a new program we're getting in our school. And so I'm like on the computer in my house trying to like deal with that. And then they show up and they show up with a truck and a trailer. And we multiple times told them you cannot bring a trailer up. It needs to be a flatbed has to be a flatbed. Okay. Do you have any notes for your account? Yes. Please send a flatbed truck because we have a really, really steep hill and then a really tight turnaround. And so it, it's tough to do with a trailer. Uh, somebody who's like extremely experienced with trailers and with a really, really powerful truck could make it up the grade and then back it in. But it would they would have to have the right equipment and they'd have to be extremely like comfortable and confident with a trailer. And as soon as I, the, the people showed up and I saw the trailer, I'm like, oh no. And they had like a little little wimpy um, like Toyota truck, like honestly, like for, for pulling big trailers, you need to have an, an American made truck. They just make the engines much bigger. Um, and so I just knew, and so I'm like, you guys want to walk up and I could show you where it's at. And as soon as we started walking up, they're like, oh yeah, this ain't happening. Our truck ain't <laughs> making it up this. And so it is a secret. Remember one time you were like, Hey, let me pick you up. Cause we had to go like, there's somewhere else up there. And then I was like, no, I'll walk it. And then I started walking. Yeah, it's it's a steep. Yeah, it's it's no joke. Yeah. Um, so anyways, I was pretty frustrated because it's like we told them over and over and over. And then the guy, he's like, Did you did you tell them? And I was like, Yeah. And so, anyways, he calls the manager, luckily gave me a call back like an hour or two later. And he's like, Look, this is our fault. Um, I sent out the wrong truck, but like we're booked. 
Like I don't have any available trucks. I don't have any flatbeds that I can get. Like, so let me work some stuff around. I'll try and see if I can get this figured out for you. And I'm like, all right. So the only day I couldn't do is Wednesday, the day this is dropping, because I'm planning on going to like uh, a water park is going to be like a day. The one day I was going to have like to m- my family. Right. And so they gave me a call back and they're like, all right, we've got to figure it out. We can come Wednesday. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And I'm like, all right, well, does somebody have to be there the whole time? They're like, no. And I'm like, well, you've got to get here early. And so still don't have my my shed. And the the, the bummer thing was I didn't do like I, I wasn't prepared to go garage selling that day because my plan was to spend the weekend moving stuff down into the shed. I'd already kind of got mentally prepared for that. And my death piles are getting too big. And I don't want to really work through my death piles too much right now because I know that if I work through these death piles, the problem I'm going to end up having is trying to put them in locations right now, like I'm too tight on storage and it's going to make organization once we're moving that much more difficult, like finding the right homes for everything. And so I kind of want to wait to get to my death pile. So I have permanent place to put stuff. So it just, it kind of threw up my weekend instead of building shelves and, and moving my stuff. I kind of, you know, went through some of my death piles, but again, now it's like, all right, well, where, what toad is this stuff in? Nothing's nothing is as organized as it should be. So it's, it's a little bit of a bummer. Um, but you know, part of being a reseller is being flexible and adaptable. And, you know, I've been paying for this shed since I know it's been, it's, a long it's been like time. three months. I've, I've already been making payments on it. It's like, I don't, I don't have it yet. You know, like that's the bummer. It's like I'm making payments and I don't even have it. Uh, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, I'll get the shed built eventually here. And, uh, hopefully, hopefully the time that this is airing, that you're listening to this, if you're listening to this Wednesday morning, you can, uh, you can say a little prayer or whatever and hope that the text that, that they uh, they got working on the shed, can figure it all out, and it all works well. And yeah, and the other bummer was uh, there's no power up where we're moving our shed. So I have a, a generator at my fifth wheel that I moved up there that morning, which it's a beast, right? Like it's a heavy generator, and I'm loading it up onto my my uh, that rack thing I have for my Forerunner, and I pull it up there, and I get it all set up, make sure it's gassed up. And then I had to bring it back down because it's so hot right now. We have to run our generator to get our air conditioning going. So it's just like multiple trips, this heavy generator, you know, so not super excited about all of that. But hopefully by the time that this is like what my goal is, is that I'm going to come home from the water park today, Wednesday, right? When you're listening to this and, uh, and there is going to be a beautiful shed built with no problems. And I'm just going to be able to walk in and go, oh, it's going to be great. And then the work's going to begin again, right? That's right. You got to put everything There's in. No the rest shed. for the wicked, man. No rest for the wicked. <laughs> for the wicked. Yeah. What about you? Uh, you know, I'm, I, and I don't, I, I've, I told everyone I don't want to keep talking about moving, right? But things are getting better. Uh, you know, I got all my Z Racks organized. I, I got shoveling put up. It's looking good, man. It, it's, it's getting there. I mean, I, I still, I mean, the, the one thing I do love is keeping my living space and my reselling space separate. That's been the ultimate goal in all of this. And I keep doing that. And so it's been great. But yeah, there's there's a lot of work. But I, I didn't want to talk about that. I wanted to talk about a couple of things. Uh, I will say, I mentioned this in the last podcast. eBay needs some kind of notification when a listing falls off. Mm. Right? I, because I, I I don't know what's going on. And I'll explain this later. But... You know, I, I have a helper. I've talked about this before and I had her organizing all my inventory. So last week she was doing a bunch of clothing and all kinds of stuff. I mean, I basically, I would say I have found a hundred plus items that have dropped off from my eBay listings. So this last go round, 
I thought I'd have reorganized my buckles because my buckles have been heinous. I have, I don't know, I have, I think, I don't know, let's go with between two to 300 buckles. And they're just in random boxes. And so whenever one would sell, I would spend literally, you know, unless I found it right away, probably 15 minutes just trying to find one. And then if I don't find it, then you have to go through it all over again. And so, you know, I, I, it's really hard with buckles. If somebody knows a better system, let me know. But with buckles, right, you can only put somebody in a box because the box gets too heavy, right? It's kind of like books. When you send books into FBA, you got to use smaller boxes. You can't use these massive boxes because the boxes will collapse uh, in transit. And so I just put together a bunch of small boxes. I got to, you know, I use my thermal uh, printer to print out the labels. So it's going to be like B1, B2, B3, B4, and so on uh, for the buckles. But again, found about 30 buckles that were not listed. Ooh. And I'm like, what, like, what is going, like, if I, if I did not do, this was not a planned inventory check. This was just asking her to organize everything, which is great because now things sell. And that was, I believe that was the last of my unorganized inventory. Everything I have now is organized. I ex well, not everything. I have some stuff on just shelves, but everything has some kind of custom SKU label pretty much, which has been really nice. So my, my time of shipping has has quickly, quickly gone and down to, I mean, within, I would say, mm, less than 30 seconds, I find everything. And you also have to remember, I don't have a storage unit anymore. It's all on property. So think of all the time, like every day I would go to the storage unit at least twice. And each of those ventures would at least be 20 minutes, right? So I'm adding 40 minutes to my day. You subtract, you know, the, I don't know, two to five minutes it takes me to find the stuff here at home. Uh, but still, that's a lot of time over time. You think about that, you know, over over seven days, right? You're, you're adding hours to your life. I am. That's incredible. Now, I how am. are you redeeming that time? That's the question. Well, I'm I'm building the business. I'm doing more listening. Yeah. Or or maybe sometimes I'm just spending more time with my kids. I, I don't know. Hey, that's a win. I just watched all the Harry Potter movies in like five days. So, you know. Anyways, it's that kind of summer. So... It's been it's been really great. And the thing that's concerning to me, though, is I think I'm going to have to do these kind of inventory checks at least twice a year, uh, maybe at the least once. Uh, and I know a lot of people are going to hopefully you don't come at me at the comments. You're going to say, like, well, that's just how normal business runs and that's how you do things. And I've said this from day one. And I am the unpopular opinion on YouTube, but I don't. The moment I start seeing what I do as a full-fledged business is the moment I'm going to get tired of doing this. Like I'm going to burn out. And I know that sounds terrible, but I still feel like I'm not working every day. I find good stuff. I list it. I make money. I make enough to pay the bills and more. I'm good with it. I'm good with it. And that's fine. Uh, the the moment that I feel like I'm in a warehouse and I'm having to you know look at all these spreadsheets and do all this, I'm just like, it's not fun anymore. So I know I know that's an unpopular opinion. Mike probably has thoughts on that too. So I mean, if if you're making it work, right? Like my big thing is you've got to have a plan and goals, and then you got to execute, right? Mm -hmm. You got a plan, you got to execute. And if if your goal, your what you're planning on doing is paying your bills, having a comfortable life, and you're executing enough to make that happen, then 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 who cares, right? Like you're 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 doing it now. If you your goal was to get a certain amount of money and get to a certain place, then then yeah, you're you're gonna probably have to work more, not necessarily enjoy it. But if you're if you're reaching your goals, like there's no point in making making work miserable. Yeah, you yeah. Know? See, I see I see reselling as a vehicle 
to make money doing other things, right? Whether it be real estate, whether it be investing, whether it be opening other businesses. Uh, I would say the eBay, the eBay grind, it's, I think making six figures is totally doable. Like, I don't think that's, I, I, it does take a lot of work. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's easy. You know how people are always like, it's easy to make six. No, it's not easy, especially not on eBay. But you also hear people say making your first million is the toughest, right? And then making your second million, you know, where it would take you five to 10 years to make your first million, it'll take you two to three to make your second. And then it'll take you six months to make your third million, right? And that's, and that's what I'm seeing. So I see it the same with reselling. Like once you get to six figures, it gets a little easier to make more money, but it gets a little easier to make more money in other things. Right. And so that's why I love reselling because I see reselling as a stepping stone to do other things, but reselling will be at the core of everything I do because it is the slow and steady, consistent moneymaker. Right. It's not, it's not dependent on, you know, like crypto right now is dependent on people's tweets or what's on the news. Right. Or, or real estate. I mean, I mean, real estate is consistent too, but you know, stock market investing, well, eh, there's a lot, you got to do a lot of research, right? But with, with reselling, you just got to find things, buy them low, make sure that they're selling at the proper sell through rate, list them at a good price, sell them and ship and you're good to go. And you just got to repeat that over and over and over again. Now question, have any garage sales, any, any sourcing lately? Um, no, I mean, I, I took, I took a week off of garage sales and to be honest, Part of me missed it, you know, a lot because I enjoy doing garage yeah, sales. Yeah. Uh, but it was also kind of nice just actually having a day to sleep in. Like I never have a day where I can like sleep in. Uh, and I'm really big on like I try to have Sunday every every week is a day where I don't like plan other things. Mm-hmm. I don't like it's just like a day at home with my family. But even then, I'm usually not able to sleep in very much because I've got things going on. So, uh, you know, you you got to you got to recuperate a little bit. So I kind of took the last week. I work so hard on the shed stuff that I'm like, you know what, this is, this is my rec- like kind of in the same line as you like reselling for me. Um, it's, it allows my wife to stay home to homeschool our kids to not have to work. And it, it, it's paying off our debt, right? I'm not looking to make reselling, reselling, make us six figures. Now, if I can do that without having to change the total amount of work that I'm doing by a significant amount, sure. Of course I'd love to do that. But, um, I'm, I'm also not interested in, um, m- making it literally like a, th- like a it's already kind of like a second job between my wife and I working it uh, just kind of split between the two of us. I'm not interested in making it like another full-time job where I'm working 80 hours a week. And so uh, I put my time in this week and I'm happy with that. You know? Okay, good. It's, it's interesting because I really do think what are the anomalies in the, in the reselling community? I think there's some, there's others like us. Let us know what your thoughts are too. But you know, well, it's because I think the reason why is, um, and, and excuse me if this language is, you know, a is it not rough, sufficient but, for work. No, I mean, it is. But, you know, I mean, people might not like, you know, if you got kids listening or whatever, but like it's kind of like the idea of you gotta keep it pure hustle. man. Uh, yeah. But it's like the idea of like success porn. Right. Like where people they it, they they literally will watch like these these gurus on whatever it is, like just life like you can do it and whatever. And, and don't get me wrong. Like I love um, like I love Jocko Willink and I love like things like that. They get me pumped up. But I think people they they almost can live vicariously through people who are selling this idea of success. And so it's, I think it sells more like what we're doing here. I think one of the reasons we don't have, you know, 200,000 people on our, our YouTube, 200,000 subscribers is because we're not sitting here saying like, here's how you're going to make, you know, six figures this month. Let me show you how to do it because people, people are drawn to that, the easy. And the reality is like, 
you know, we're trying to keep it real with what we're doing and not necessarily, and there's nothing wrong. Like there, there are those successful people, but I think people get drawn to that. And so I think there are a lot of people who genuinely are like us, but there's something about watching people who are like over the top that kind of give you that extra like feeling of like, yeah, I can do this. Yeah. I think, you know, obviously our podcast, man, this, this conversation is going in another direction than I expected, but you know, we are part of hustle culture, right? We're pure hustle podcast, right? We, I do believe that it requires maximum amount of hustle to make it in reselling and especially to make it six figures. But, you know, I had just mentioned, I'd watched all these, uh, Harry Potter movies with my son. I was listening the whole time too. It wasn't like I was just sitting there watching it. I actually was listening and it's fine. Like, that's just what I do. Like my son and I will unwind and watch some movies and, and I'll do some listening. But, you know, I, I was thinking about this the other day, like, if I really, really wanted to scale, right? Because you think about in the summer, you have your kids, unless they're going to summer school, you have your kids all day, right? Especially if you're a single parent, you have them all day, right? And if you're a stay-at-home parent, like, which I am because my business is at home, right? You have two options. I could either ignore them all day while they're at home and just keep working and working and working, or I can be like, you know what? It's a summer, they're at home, I, I, you know, and there is this kind of a guilt factor that since they're at home and my business at home, I kind of feel like guilty working at home, which is kind of tough. I don't know. Let me know how you get over that. That's a tough one for me. But the other day I was like, you know what? I could have spent the last eight hours on eBay, but I spent the last six hours with my kids and two hours on eBay. Yeah. Right? And, and, and that took away from my bottom line. But if you're able, like I said, if you're able to pay your bills and reach the goals that you have set for you, um, you're never going to get to the end of your life and regret the time you spent with your family. Oh, hundred you know? percent. So hundred percent. I think that's a win. Now you might be, you might be in a season. There are people. And again, cause I think there's, there's going to be people on both sides of this. There's going to be people who are going through a season where you do have to maybe grind. It's like when we did like the, uh, the Dave Ramsey debt payoff stuff, like mm -hmm. you might have to go gazelle intensity on your work. And you're like, you know what? There's just not going to be any family time for the next six months because we've got to pay these bills. And then you get to a place where you get that done and then you can loosen up a little bit. You can let off the gas and you can enjoy that family time. But but preferably that's a season. Right. And so you don't want to necessarily put yourself there because it's like, well, I need to be working that hard all the time. Um, if you don't need to, you don't need to. If you need to, you need to. And so the important thing is understanding the difference. And so if you're at a place where you can you can take a little bit of a break here and there, you probably aren't going to regret that. Agreed. And here's the thing. and. I, and we'll stop with this parenting 101 or whatever we're doing here. But, you know, with, with kid, I think I growing up, I don't remember. And I love my parents, but they worked like crazy. I mean, I was a latchkey kid. They both worked. And I don't remember spending really any quality time with them. Like at all. now I had a lot of nice things. I mean, I, you know, I was able to go to a private school. I had a car when I was 16. I mean, I had, you know, all the latest like starter jackets and Nike shoes and Jordans and all that. And I was, I was pretty spoiled. Unfortunately, my parents weren't financially literate. So now they have nothing, but, <laughs> but at that time they hustled, but you know what? I don't even remember probably 80% of the stuff that I got. Right. I don't even remember that. Right. But I, I do remember those few glimpses of time where I want to, when I, when I went on a trip with my parents or that I spent time. So if you have kids, like, it's okay if you can't go all in on the hustle culture because you have kids. Like, spend that time with your kids. Like, it, it's so important. I mean, think about it. 
it's funny. We, we all our lives, like we go to school just to work the rest of our lives. Like, I think that's horrible. Like I think it's just absolutely horrible. And, and then when we have kids and all we're doing is working and then by the time, you know, it, man, I feel like we're, is this the right podcast that people are listening to? Yeah, man. I just, it's just been hitting me. I mean, my son has three more years and he's, he's done. I mean, he'll be 18 and he he's going to go to college. He's probably going to move out and all that, but it's just, it's been hitting me like right now. Like, could I right now probably get to a place where I'm making, you know, in the higher, uh, six figures if I wanted to, I, I believe I can, but the amount of time and the, I just, there's no way I would sacrifice that time with my yeah. son. I like, I heard a phrase I kind of like it's, it's play when you can work when you have to. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Now I do have to work because this yeah. property has a lot of rent. Yeah, you have to. <laughs> so yeah, the time you have to work. All right. Let's get back to reselling. Now I would, this could have been a hustle a week and it, and maybe it will be, but I want to share the idea that garage sales, like you ever had it where you you're grinding, you're grinding, you're grinding and you, there's nothing until the last one. Yeah. A lot. Of, well, and a lot of times it's the last one because uh, you get a good score and you can finally feel like you can go home. But yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. That, there's like, that's a great feeling. Yeah. But, but yeah, there's a lot of times where you're like, you know, I've just spent three hours and I've made $20 in profit. Yay. And then, yeah, you show up to that house and you're like gold mine. Yeah. So this past Saturday, if you caught this on Instagram, uh, I didn't show all of it. So I'll share all of it here. So, you know, Saturday mornings, you know, are, are always a tough one for me. I think late, I think lately it, it's a tough one for me just because I have already plenty of inventory and I'm like, do I really need to go source? But the amount of ROI, you just can't beat it. You just can't. And so I decided to go out and I thought it was going to be a great morning. I joked around on the gram that, you know, I should have made this a YouTube video, but it wasn't my week to drop a video. And the first stop was great. First stop. Here's the, here's the funny thing. Silent method always works in negotiation even when you don't plan on it. So there was a box, there was a box and there was a, like an intent, old Nintendo, the zapper gun, some Genesis games, and a bunch of other stuff. And you know, the, the guy brought it out. I'm like, Oh, Hey, what are you looking for, for these games? And there was like a Michael Jackson moonwalker Genesis game. I don't know. Genesis games are like money now. It depends on the Genesis. Yeah. Game. It was $50 nice. comps and then a ghostbuster one for 50 bucks too. And so I'm like, what are you thinking on these games? He's like, uh, two bucks a piece. And I'm like, how about a dollar? And he's like, sure. And then I just kept looking. I wanted to see what is in there. I didn't see a word. He's like, I, I said, how much for everything in here? And he's like, 20 bucks. I'm like, all right. And I just kept looking. I want to see what he had. And literally, like within 30 seconds, he's like, how about $10 for all of it? I didn't even say I wanted it. You can't. You can't be $10. So I ended up picking up a Nintendo controllers, Genesis controllers, a few more Genesis games for 10 bucks, but that was not the score of the day. The second score was thanks again to, oh, I'm, I'm going to mess this up. I, I want to make sure I, I have the right person, but our latest hustle of the week, right? Was, uh, basically that, um, the little tykes football. Do you remember what I'm talking about, Mike? Oh yeah. So we had, if you haven't caught our last, uh, not our update episode, but our theme episode, uh, we, I had talked that we had, we have our hustle of the week and one of the hustle of the week, uh, was this huge, like little tykes of football. And, you know, I've, I never thought about picking any of those up ever in my entire life. And I thought, you know, I think, I think I'll pick this up, but this is why I picked it up. Cause in our last hustle of the week, I had, we had mentioned somebody that had actually picked one of these up in Canada, actually. And when they picked it up, they picked it up. I think they paid $25 on Facebook Marketplace. All right. Peg City Sales is their name. Peg City Sales on Instagram. Uh, Trevor. 
And he picked it up and he, you know, you, you got to listen to us week. But anyways, he sold it for 150. Had it not been for the podcast, I would have never picked this up. So I see this and I pay, I asked him how much or like five bucks. I'm like, how about three and sure, sold it. But that still wasn't the hustle. So then I go to, you know, you go to community garage sales and you know, it's going to be junk. Like you go to three houses, by the way, shout out to JL who ran into me and said, hi, uh, when we're at the community garage sales, he also said it was a bus because everywhere I went to was trinkets, 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 trinkets. And then you got the people that think just because it's old or it's vintage that it's worth money. Right. And, and, you know, they're like, oh, I'm like, how much for this uh, history? There was like this history book about the battle plans in North Africa or something for World War II, which it was a repop. It wasn't like anything special. And they're like, $50. I'm like, what? $50? I'm not going to pay that. So I just kept going and went to probably 20 garage sales. And then there was this estate sale. Now I saw the address and it's an estate sale. That is a, a continuous estate sale. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like the ones that are happening like every week. So I've been to this place and I saw the ad advertised like two weeks ago and they had a bunch of Lionel trains and other trains, which I like picking up and sourcing. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go for kicks. Like, cause every time I go there, I do buy something. It's usually not, you know, super profitable, but I do buy stuff and I show up and actually it was an estate sale. Like there was an, actually a company that came in and was selling everything. And I show up and the first thing I see when I walk up the driveway is baseball gloves, $4 a piece. I'm like what? And I think it was about like 60 to 80 gloves. And, you know, I've mentioned this as, as a bolo, like gloves, low cost, easy money, easy to ship. Right. Especially right now in the summer, like people are looking for baseball gloves. So then, you know, I, I know the real estate, I know the estate people. So I asked, I said, Hey, I saw that this is a 25% off, but you know me. And again, always network, always network. And here's the other thing I'll add. When you network with people buy, even if it's going to cost you a little bit more than you'd be willing to spend. Cause that, that will bring you connection. So from this individual, like a loss leader for you almost. It is, it is. Cause I, you know, at one time I bought a bunch of Harley stuff from this individual. Cause usually what happens with estate sales. You have the estate sale people that try to sell everything, right? And then after that, you have your end buyer, which is like super end, and they get it like a 90% off or 95 or 99% off. And then there's people like Orlando that are like, hey, if you don't sell any of this stuff by the end of the day, I'll come back. Let me know if you're willing to work a deal. So that's how I've been with this company. And so I showed up and I sell his baseball gloves and I'm like, hey, if I bought all of it, would you be working willing to work a deal? And she's like, yeah, let's see. What's it? What is it today? Today's 25% off. I'll give them all to you for 50% off. And I was like, $2 for baseball glove? <laughs> Who wouldn't? That's like almost free. So I think on that purchase, I bought 94 gloves, 92 baseball gloves. And then in the back, there were some more gloves. And I went in the back and these gloves were like more expensive gloves. And they were at 50% off. And they were like somewhere 18, somewhere whatever. And again, I always tell everyone like, don't show all your cards right away. So I'm there in the back and I'm looking at these gloves and she comes up to me. She's like, do you want all these gloves too? I'm like, yeah, but I, I can't, I can't. I know you want more for these gloves. She's like, you know, why don't we just work out a deal? And then she, I'm like, well, I only have so much cash on me. Like, and I showed her, I pulled out all my cash. I said, this is all I got. I got like a hundred bucks left. 
And she's like, you know what? Why don't we just do two dollars of love again? So two dollars. So I walked away with about I think it was a hundred and thirty-four pairs of baseball gloves. Whoa. And and seriously, all it's gonna do, uh, you do the math. All I have to do is sell five or six of them. I'm in the profit, right? What a score. And then on top of that, there's all these trains on there. Now, the hard time with the trains was they had them overpriced and then they had them at 50%. So it was kind of like, you know, when you go to clearance sales, but mm. they're not really clearance. They just jacked up the price and lowered right. it. And I don't think that's what they're intending to do. I think, you know, think about it like an estate group, like they're not going to research everything. They're just going to put what the stickers on there. So I was trying to make another deal and I offered, you know, hey, I'm willing to buy all of this for 80% off. And they're like, ah, I don't know. We can do that. But hey, here's the thing. I left my business card. I said, give me a call. Maybe I'll get a call. I'll let you guys know if I get a call. If I don't get a call, then obviously they found another out. But here's the thing. If all that stuff didn't sell by the end of the day, on the last day, I'm not, I'm pretty sure it's not going to sell. Hmm. Right? So they have two options. They can have cash in their pocket or they could have to donate it or just hold on to it for a long time. So we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, you just never know with the garage sales. Yeah. Right? Keep, I, I'm always a fan. If you plan a route, unless you scored big time in the beginning, like go, go full fledged on that route. Cause you never know. I mean, this was at nine 30 in the morning. This was on the second day of an estate sale. And I still was able to have a major score. And so guess what I'll be doing for the next few days? Oh. Playing baseball, playing base. I actually, I did. I played baseball with my son's the other day because nice. I wanted to try out the gloves. And then, uh, it's kind of nice because I have a huge lawn out in front. So I'm able to throw the baseball around. It's, it's kind of cool. Uh, you know what we should have? We should have a Pure Hustle podcast, like kickball tournament. What? And, and, and uh, my back- do it over Zoom? In my backyard. Oh, okay. Sorry. I, I don't know. I just, I have these ideas. Anyways. <laughs> all right. So keep grinding on those garage sales. All right. That's it. All right. Any random stories? Uh, yeah. I mean, a couple. Uh, you might notice uh, we actually, I didn't even think about it until just now. Uh, the the studio might look a little bit different uh, because oh, we're, missing, right. we're missing one of our pieces of decoration. So we had this really cool Dragon Ball Z clock that has been in the Pure podcast studio for a long time now. I mean, mm-hmm. I listed that thing a long time ago. <laughs> since I, we first set up. Not quite that early, but it, okay. it's been a long time. So uh, I paid a couple dollars for it at a garage sale and it was just really cool looking. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to list this thing, but we'll use it as decoration in the meantime. And I listed it pretty high. I listed it for like $50 and it didn't really work. I think, I think the, uh, like the clock part worked, but there are other things that, like it wasn't keeping time and stuff. So anyways, I listed it and uh, somebody bought it and in their comments are like, hey, um, you know, can you explain like how well it works and whatnot? Even if it doesn't work, I don't care. I'll buy another clock to use for a clock, but I can't pass up Goku. And I was like, yeah, sure. So uh, I had to have my wife actually drove by Orlando, set it out on the porch uh, and she picked it up because he was doing other things. So um, we had to like make a trip out here because I'm like, oh, no, like what if Orlando's not home? Like I'm going to end up having, a, I mean, if you imagine if you're on your vacation or something when it's old, oh, yeah, yeah. It's true, true, I never true. even really, I, I totally forgot. I had that thing listed and I keep everything locked. And oh yeah. It's the Fort Knox here. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, that would have been, uh, rough, but luckily we were able to, to get the access to the studio and we were able to, uh, to ship it out. And the guy ended up sending us this long message back about how, um, he was able to watch some YouTube videos. He took it apart, oh, fixed nice. the circuit board. Now it works just fine. Uh, and he was like, I'm so happy with this thing. Thank you so much. So 
again, going back to one of the things we've said in the past is even if things don't work perfectly, there's still potentially buyers for it. Either people mm -hmm. know how to fix it or they just want it, right? Maybe they want it for decoration, for looks. Uh, so that sold, which is cool. And then we also had another sell. Uh, finally, uh, I bought it's like, I don't even know if it's the whole, all of the seasons, but it's seasons one through seven of Smallville. And I had them in DVD and I, I think I paid again, like it was like five bucks or 10 bucks for the whole set. It wasn't too much. Um, but that thing has sold, I think three times, twice, no payment. Yeah. And nice. then another time the person was just like, I just want to cancel this. I don't want it after all. So I'm like, this thing is never. And then finally it sold and it shipped and it's done. Nice. Smallville is gone. Uh, so it's just, again, sometimes you got to be patient with items. I was like, we're going to be stuck. In fact, we were sitting in our RV the other day and I was like, you know what? Maybe we should just go up and get Smallville, you know, because we don't have we don't have like Internet or anything. So we don't have like access to Netflix unless we download stuff. I'm like, we have like a whole series of a show we could watch. And then it sold like two days later. So there you go. No more Smallville. That's right. Yeah, I never got into that. I always wondered if if I should get into Smallville. So it was popular no, when you, I was in high school. What you should get into if you're interested in a superhero what? show just came out i mean like 2021 uh it's on amazon i'm telling you, you should watch it's really good it's called invincible it's got it's like main characters like omni man is one of the guys in there oh my goodness i'm not a superhero guy is it a clean one um no okay i mean uh i would it, i would say it's it's probably like teenage it's like okay, it's, right. it's a superhero show it's the only reason i say that is that i find lately like outside of the like low-key and those other ones on disney plus like like I mean, heroes are becoming too human for me. Do you get what I'm saying? Like when I was a kid, I enjoyed the fact that like heroes didn't simple black and white. No, like, it was just like, evil. like Superman didn't feel the need to like swear. Mm. You know what I mean? Superman, I didn't have to hear that, you know, Superman had relations with people. Like, mm. like, I, like I don't care about any of that. Like yeah. just save the planet. That's all I want to know. Yeah. So anyway, that's my little, man, what kind of podcast is this today? Hey, no, but but again, I'm, I'm this kind of might even be like potential bolo um, invincible. Like, so it's an image comic. It's not Marvel. And it's been around for like 12 years or something like that. Okay, okay. Um, the, the series. But it just released on Amazon Prime this year. And it's like blowing up in popularity. Like it's getting huge. So much so I had no idea what it was. Well, I mean, it's it's getting really big. So I would say this is one of those things that you might look back a year from now. Right. And say like, oh, man, like as you start seeing things in stores, yeah, yeah, pick it. it up now, because I think there's going to be demand for it. I think I think Omni-Man stuff and, and Invincible stuff might be, be like a new Marvel, like as far as like people wanting the things. Mm. So it's not quite there yet. So if you can get your hands on the old comics, if you can get your hands on some uh, some of that merchandise, I think that might be a Q4 Bolo. There you go. There you go. All I have to share for my random stories for the first time, I think, in three years. I had a day with zero sales, like none, like absolutely like, and, and it, it was kind of one of those moments where you're like, like what is going on? Like is, is, I wonder if eBay had a major glitch, if they would say anything, right? Cause there, there's a part of me, like I have had sales every day for, for, I don't know how many years right now I've had days where I've had maybe one sale, maybe two, but this day, zero like zero and you know the next day I made up for it i made like double the sales of the day before whatever but but still like and that's with 2500 items i mean it's it's bound to happen at some point yeah that was just weird weird and well, let us know in the comments below is uh 
Did, did you experience a day like that recently? Is, is, is there enough of us? Can we break the code? Is well, there I, something going on? Let's do some investigation here. Well, I posted on Instagram and some people were like, yeah, today was really slow for us too. And somebody had mentioned that eBay likes to do some of their, you know, technical stuff in the summer before Q4 and that does slow down things. And actually I do remember, I think it was in 2019 that kind of happened. Uh, was that during item specifics like Glitchgate? Was that 2019? I don't even remember anymore. Everything's blurred. But yeah, anyways, it was just, it was an odd day, but it was a reminder of me that I need to continue using multiple platforms. So I haven't done Amazon in a long time. I haven't done Amazon since December. Now I do make sales here and there. I have some merchant fulfilled items, but I haven't gone sourcing. I haven't done any of that. And uh, that's part of why I'm going to be doing some of that. It's going to be my, uh, what I'm looking forward to later on in the episode, uh, just because it reminded me of like, I can't just depend on, on eBay. And I do cross list. I do have stuff on Poshmark. I do have stuff on Mercari uh, and Bonanza, but the sales just don't come through on there like they do on eBay. So, all right. Hey, before we get moving into our next segment, I want to remind everybody about AmericanBubbleBoy.com. To me and to many of our listeners, they are the best price the best customer service, the fastest shipping out there. So if you haven't had AmericanBubbleBoy.com, they have huge uh, four-foot rolls of bubble wrap. You can even get smaller rolls. You can do all free shipping. It's next day, two-day, local pickup. It's such a great deal. And despite inflation, despite supply chain breakdowns, they're still the best game in town. So check them out, AmericanBubbleBoy.com. Check the link below. Uh, Just That helps us out and it helps you out. Yeah, you're going to get a better deal than if you buy it on Amazon. If you use our link, uh, buying directly from them. And uh, and yeah, we really appreciate it. We love them. We use them all the time. You won't regret it. And let us know down below. Like, uh, have you picked up some some American Bubble Boy yet? And what are your thoughts about it? Yeah. And if you picked up American Bubble Boy from the link, like, and you want to take a picture and tag us on Instagram, please do that. Tag us and American Bubble Boy. We really would appreciate it. Also, we are on social media. We are Pierce of Podcast on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. <laughs> I, we haven't done TikTok like in two months. You know what I noticed about TikTok? TikTok was really hot for a while. And now I'm seeing certain people that used to like post every day. It's now like once a week mm. or once a month. So I don't feel as bad. I think I think the the heat, like the popularity of TikTok is it hasn't waned because TikTok's becoming more, it's like, it's, it's stuck around. It's not like Vine where Vine like died. Mm. How long was Vine around before it died? Uh, Do you remember? So anyways, uh, we're also on Clubhouse, which is also waning. And we are also on, what's the other platform I talk about? We're on all the platforms. Oh, we're on Twitter. Twitter, Twitter, which is still relevant to this day. I thought Twitter by now would be done, but Twitter's hot, man. No, it's the uh, it's the it's the place where people meet and discuss ideas. Yeah, so we are Pierce Cast on Twitter and Clubhouse it's the Social Square. The social square. You could also give us the town hall. Yep. You could also give us a call 619-738-1170 at 619-738-1170 or shoot us an email at podcast at gmail.com. That is podcast at gmail.com. Again, I want to say thank you to all of you that continue to leave us reviews on iTunes. It definitely helps in the algorithm. Uh, we are the most reviewed recently in podcasts out there. Uh, and, I, and I do believe based on our latest metrics, we are the largest reselling podcast out there. So thank you uh, to all of you. All right. Are we ready? We got a lot to talk about. We've already talked a lot too.
Reselling continues to happen. Changes and stuff. Armando, take it away. All right. So hopefully, remember to put this link. But ThreadUp comes out with these really good reports about like where reselling is going, the impact of reselling. I'm sure it's not biased at all. I'm sure (laughs) there's no such thing as a non-biased report. But we're gonna go that they actually had a good sample pool. We're gonna go with the fact that you know. They obviously threw out anomalies and, you know, they had good data, but it was encouraging to me. To me, it's their report just verified what we've already been seeing happening in the culture. Like the, the, the secondhand market is exploding. It's not it's not slowing down at all by any means. And, you know, clothing. And I say this again. When we started this podcast three years ago, people were saying this five years ago, 10 years ago, like clothing market is too saturated. There's no money to be made. All that is false. All that is false. There's so much opportunity. So I just wanted to touch on some points from their uh, 2021 uh, resale report. I thought that were good things. Uh, and, and yes, this this should be encouraging to you, but you can check it out and look at the data yourself. So one of the things they talk about, they projected the secondhand market to double in the next five years. And I wonder how much that is going to be uh, that resellers will get a hold of. Because I've noticed that that even on Amazon, there's like a, uh, I mean, obviously people sell some used things on Amazon, uh, but I was canceling a subscription that I had on Amazon yeah. and I saw on the side, there was something, I can't even remember what it was called, but it was something basically like selling used clothes. And I'm like, what in the world? Like, so I think more and more companies are starting to jump in on this. So again, a rising tide raises all ships, right? So, mm-hmm. so as more people are buying secondhand and as the market grows, uh, big retailers are going to jump in and take a huge portion of that. Well, However, ex- we can still, as, as resellers, get get our piece too. You know, we're still going to grow with that. Well, and there's a few things to think about now. They actually have data about this in their report. So this might be concerning to a lot of people. So let, let's talk about, let's talk about the influx of competition real quick. Right. So yes, it's going to double. Right. And yes, it will raise all ships, but I do believe we're just going to have to get better at what we do. Right. I, I think, I think a lot of us are already positioned for success because we already know what we're doing. Right. But at the, at the same time, if you have a flooding of the market, right, that just means you're going to have to get better at what you do. Right. You're going to have to separate yourself from the crowd. So a few things uh, that they came up with. So they're talking about doubling, right? So it was going to go from, let me show those numbers real quick. Uh, it's going to go up to seven, so from 36 billion right now to 77 billion okay, in five years, which doesn't matter to any of us because we only care about what that means to us, right? Now, here's what I thought was interesting. As it becomes easier to sell clothes online, more consumer, consumers are purging their closets, which I was interesting, right? Because we're always upset at how, how, you know, we wish eBay would make it easier to list stuff, right? Well, at the same time, that's also going to create a difficulty for us, right? Because the less hoops to jump through, the easier it is for people to list the more competition, right? And so as a result of that, uh, in 2020, there's 36.2 million new first-time sellers, right? And now there's a total of 52 million, and it's anticipated in the near future that's going to double to 118 million, meaning 76% of people who have never 
resold clothing are open to trying it. Right. And so, you know, again, I, I don't believe in scarcity. I, I have mindset. I think there's plenty to go out there. It's just, what are you going to sell? Right. I've mentioned here, you know, there's still buyers for Rain Splinter and Harley. No matter how much there is out there, there are people still willing to pay top dollars for items. Now, if there's an item that you can find all the time, like we've talked about Tommy Bahama, like you can find Tommy Bahama all the time. Like that market has completely tanked. And I don't believe it's tanked because of YouTubers. I think it's tanked because the trend changed and there's an overabundance of supply, right? Not because people are like, oh, go pick this up now. There's another encouraging piece here too, though. You know, we had talked about, I had mentioned this way back when, 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 you know, COVID first hit is that there's a lot of more people thrifting now, right? I think a lot of people, there's two reasons people started thrifting. One is economy, like they're, they couldn't, you know, they couldn't get a job or they lost a job or they're concerned. And so they're going secondhand shopping. Other people like thrifting became a thing. It became popular, right? It was, it was cool to be thrifting. And so they had mentioned that 33 million consumers bought secondhand apparel for the first time in 2020. 33 million for the first time. Think about that. And then 76% of those first-time buyers plan to increase and they're spending on secondhand in the next five years. So that's a lot. That's a lot of that's a lot of competition in the market. Now, you may think it's just thrift stores. That also means people going online trying to find secondhand goods. Yeah. And, and again, so this is the good thing about this is more buyers, right? So more people are looking to buy. So they're going to be going to places like eBay. They're going to be going to places like Poshmark to buy secondhand because not everybody wants to go into a brick and mortar. In fact, more and more people are wanting to buy online. Uh, so the more buyers is a good thing. Uh, again, more sellers, more competition in a sense. But I wonder how many of those are just... I, I talked to a lot of my friends who are like, yeah, I've sold things on Poshmark, especially like my wife's friends. It's like, yeah, I've sold one or two things on Poshmark. So those really aren't like resellers. Those are people who've they've sold a couple things on Poshmark and they use the money they get to immediately buy clothes off of Poshmark, right? So this isn't, this isn't people coming in, going to thrift stores. Now, there will be a bunch of people going into thrift stores, buying things, buying the hot things. And so it might get more difficult to find things. But I always feel like a lot of those people are going to fall off once they realize how much work it actually takes to, to be successful in it. So an increase in buyers, um, as long as the increase in buyers outpaces the increase in new legitimate resellers who are going to go out and hustle really hard, then we still win. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And even with this next, so this next, before I get to the troubling data that I, that I saw, uh, they did mention that 40% of millennials and Gen Z shoppers have shopped secondhand apparel shoes or accessory in the past 12 months. Yeah. And I believe that because as a, it's kind of interesting. So I remember when I was in high school or even like elementary school, junior high, we heard a lot about like the rainforest, saving the rainforest was like a big thing that was like talk, talked about a lot. Um, now it's just like global warming. They, at my school, we have like a, a morning announcement broadcasting that they do. And oftentimes they'll ask questions like if you could change anything or if you could do one good thing for people, like what would you do? And I'm talking sixth graders, almost all of them, their response is something about the environment, helping the environment and, and, and reducing global warming and things about green. So the mindset of so much of the youth today is trying to be environmentally friendly. And a big part of that is things like upcycling or recycling things like clothes and electronics and not necessarily buying new. 
So I definitely don't think consumerism is going away, but I think the shift is people want to feel more um, like they're making a moral impact, that they're doing something good for the economy or for the environment uh, by doing secondhand. So it's a mind shift change. Like when I was in high school, people did not, people wanted brand spanking. Bro, you new. got made fun of if you, you had stuff from the And thrift. you did not want to take tags off of stuff yeah. even, right? Like you, yeah. people would keep tags on their head. They keep tags on things just to show like how new and fresh this is. Whereas now it's, it almost reminds me of that uh, 21 Jump Street movie. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, I remember the, the movie. I don't so know. there was a part where like, you know, uh, what Chatham Tatum or whatever his name is. He's like, the, was the cool kid in high school. And he's like, yeah, you can't double strap your backpack. He's like one strap. And he drives the big old really cool car into the school. And it's like, you know, shooting, you know, exhaust in the air. And then every, all the kids are making fun of him. And they're all wearing double strap. And they're all like, wow, that's not very environmentally friendly. And it's like, there's just been a, a mind shift change. The new culture looks very different. And so one, we can capitalize on that, right? Because there are going to be people who want to buy used and so we can provide that service for them. Yeah, agreed. I, I think I think it, it I think it's a great thing in, on multiple levels. I, again, you know, a lot of people uh, are opposed to there being more sellers. Like I, I've, you know, I've heard people like, "Hey, you know, eBay should have more barriers," and and you know, and, and it's funny because the argument goes both ways, right? Same time, like eBay shouldn't have barriers because it, it's so annoying, right? And uh, and there are some barriers that are really annoying, like you know, item specifics, but we're not talking about that. We're just talking about the the workflow, right? To get something listed. Uh, but at the same time, I do believe that the more people you have selling on a platform, the more buyers you bring over, the more business that comes your way, right? So think about that. Now, this was interesting. 60% of retailers have or are open to offering secondhand to their customers. And I'm like, wow. So, and you already see this happening. We talked about this like two years ago where like H&M started doing this and now Patagonia does this. And, and, uh, I think Nordstrom was doing some of this and all these different stores. But again, I'm not super stressed about it because I would say the reality is most of the stuff that sells well secondhand, at least for me, you couldn't buy in a retail store. They're talking about like used returns, they're talking about like items that they would sell in their own store, but like the Harley stuff I sell, um, you know, some of the uh, the Western wear I sell, like you can't get that at those retail stores, right? You have to go to specialty shops and that's why they're profitable because it's harder to get to those items, right? So, so don't stress about some of this data too much, but do understand like it cuts both ways. It brings greater popularity to the secondhand space, which it helps you out, but also brings you more competition. But it all depends on what you're sourcing and what you're trying to make money on. So, so you can read the report. There's several other things on here. I think it's a very well done report. So, great job, thread up. Uh, now, I want to talk. I want to go on a rant here. Can I rant for a moment? Uh, let's do it. What are we going to rant about? Which we don't, don't, we don't rant a lot, do we? I don't think we do. Yeah, sometimes. All right. Some of you may have been noticing this. So number one, I still don't understand why eBay can't get their act together and just make people pay when they buy. I just don't understand. And I know some people are going to say, well, in your settings, you could put that they pay immediately. Yes, but that's only if it's buy it now. If it's an offer, whether you send an offer or it's a best offer, they can choose not to pay right away. And it has been an annoyance and a nuisance. 
and we were made promises over and over again that that was going to get fixed and it's never happened and it is the only platform i know that still allows this okay so there's that so then there was this thing where you know um over time like you'd be able to keep that like i think after a while you could like list that item right if now i haven't seen that some people i've seen like you had that beta for a while right like I don't know where it's at. Like they need to bring that in, but here's the newest thing. And this is why it bothers me. And it ties into the fact that you may have a lot of inventory that's dropped off and you don't know why. And it's, it's your fault, but it's your fault because you didn't know what you didn't know. (laughs) Does that make sense? Yeah. It makes perfect sense. Okay. All right. So eBay's latest thing has been that unpaid item cases can now be canceled. Right after a certain time, like there's no more unpaid item. Like if something isn't paid after a while, like buyers have to choose to just cancel it. Right. Okay. So here's the thing. EB isn't automatically relisting those items. So I've had six items, no, ah, like 10 items in the last week where people didn't pay within a couple of days. And then all I see is it doesn't go to an unpaid item cases open. It just says canceled. And then I go to this item and I try to search it and it's not, it hasn't been relisted. It just got canceled. So items aren't being paid for. So they're already off of the eBay listing. So you're losing money on that. And then on top of that, if you're not on top of it, it ends up going into your unsold and you have no idea. It actually, it doesn't go into your unsolds. It just ends up being canceled on your orders uh, list when you scroll through your phone or you're on, on the seller hub on the desktop. And so I think eBay needs to fix that. They need to make it. If somebody cancels it, that it automatically relists it. Now, I'm sure there's reasons why that wouldn't be a good thing. I don't yeah, know. I mean, maybe not automatic, but I think you should just get like a, there, it should just be a very simple button that just shows up on the order that's just relist, right? Where you, something doesn't sell, you get a message, this item was canceled due to unpaid. Would you like to relist? And you just click it. And it should just be right at the top. Like it should be, it, it shouldn't mm-hmm. be something you have to dig for and look for and like scroll through unsold. It should just be, you know, up maybe with your 90 day total, right? Like sold, listed, unpaid. and then like, yeah, something like that. And you can just click on those and then just relist or uh, needs action. And you just click on that and it's all the things that need action. You can just relist right there because yeah, if it's not, if it's not easy to see. And again, if you've got 10 items in a store, you got a hundred items in a store. This isn't too much to manage. You can mm-hmm. you can handle that. But once you're in the, to the thousands, and you have to be looking through this stuff, that's just one more step. And again, it's it's not the end of the world. You can just make that part of your weekly checklist. Like, all right, go through and check anything that needs to be relisted. But it's just taking time. But here, here's the other thing too: is you can't report that buyer after they cancel it. So I'm hoping that eBay is dinging them for not paying. Right. Because because one of my my biggest beefs is and I understand that eBay is customer centric. I get it. But one of the biggest defects you can get on eBay, I would say probably the biggest defect is if it's out of stock or damaged. Right. So if you cancel that. Right. The the consequence is pretty severe. And usually your sales slow down and, you know, you got to be careful because eventually you do that too much. You lose your top rated seller status. But if you're a buyer. Now you can like cancel and you're all good like over and over again. But I imagine there has to be something on the back end and I think it should be. I don't think it should show up on that because 
we even brought this up when we were at eBay open and the thing they want to avoid is they don't want buyers to be able to see on, on their thing, like that they are a low rated buyer, right? Cause then they're going to be like, you know what? I'm <laughs> not cheapskate, on, cheapskate. I'm not, I'm not, sh- I'm not shopping on eBay anymore. Right? Like, cause once you insult their reputation like that, but it should at least be on the back end so that eBay, and I, I felt like it is because there have been cases where we've had to contact eBay and say like, hey, this happened with this thing or this person said that it was an INAD and it wasn't or whatever. And whenever we talk to eBay, one of the things they say is, okay, we'll look into this and we'll see if this is a, a trend with this customer, mm. right? So they have to have on the back end where they can say, look, this customer has caused multiple issues for multiple buyers or sellers over time. And they're going to, I would hope eBay would be more likely to side with you. Now, if a customer gets to the point where it's over the top and they have to like suspend an account or something like that, that's a different situation. But I, I do see why they wouldn't want like a buyer rating just right up front because then that would push people away from eBay potentially. Uh, so, you know, I could I could see why they wouldn't do it, but I would just hope that they're monitoring and keeping track on the back end so that when you've got a seller who sells thousands of items a year with a great metrics, that when they have this customer who screws them over, which we've had multiple people in our comments on one of our other videos about eBay, you know, making things right, where it's like, well, you know, th- there's been times where they haven't made things right. So when that happens to you, hopefully, you know, eBay can look and say, you know what, you're a good seller. This person's a terrible buyer and uh, we're just going to side with you. And yeah. and it could be as simple as that. I don't know. I, I mean, I had, a, I had, and I didn't want to go on this too much, but I had a bad buyer this last week where they wanted these Harley shirts and they lowballed me and I declined. And then eventually they came back a day later with a higher offer and I accepted. And then they're like, no, you're, 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 you have your measurements correct, but this isn't the size. Cancel that one. So I'm like, no problem. I'll cancel it. And then a day later, they're like, you know what? I don't think you and I do eBay the same. Your prices are way too high for you shirts. I can buy these anywhere else. I just want to cancel the whole transaction. I'm like, what? Like that whole time that could have sold to somebody else, but instead it sat in your possession. Technically it was being detained because you chose not to pay for it. And now I have no way to report it. Cause you just cancel it. Now I'm still reporting the person, but again, I mean, you know, I, there's a way to do it. You just, I gotta, you gotta jump through these hoops to find it. And again, yeah, that's the other thing is jumping through the hoops, like having to navigate the pages. So anyways, just wanted to share that real quick. All right. One last, a reselling topic here. I think this Q4 has a potential of being just as big as the last Q4, or even bigger. And this is why. So uh, Bloomberg lately came out with a, a news report. And actually, I have some people that I know that work in different industries, and they're telling me like supply chains are broken. If you've been trying to buy furniture, if you've been trying to buy appliances, like <laughs> it's like it'll be in stock in August, right? And this was back in like April when I was trying to buy something. Now it's like maybe November. So right now there's huge issues with cargo that is not being unloaded, like coming in from China and other parts of the world. So, you know, this Bloomberg article says Goldman Sachs, and this is a different article. Sorry. (laughs) That was talking about inflation. I was doing some reading on inflation. So uh, the other article is, and I can't find it right now, but there, here you go. Spark noted. Spark noted. It's right here. Car, the, this shipping dashboard shows why you should Christmas shop early. Container shortages remain, but there's a new challenge. Gridlock at the world's biggest ports. Well, this is a beautiful thing. So the reason I think this is good is because this might drive people to buy on eBay and mm-hmm. on Amazon for like, you know, 
a, a third party seller for items because if you're people are gonna wait. People always wait last minute to buy Christmas. You can tell people, hey, there's shipping issues, there's gonna be shortages in Christmas time, buy early. Very few people are gonna start buying Christmas gifts now, right? People are still gonna wait until November, December to buy Christmas mm-hmm. gifts. And if if everything is short, there's going to be a huge supply issue, which for resellers is a good thing because that means more potential of getting items that are hard to find and selling them for a good amount of money because as supply is lower and demand is higher, prices go up. So I think this is a good thing. I think what we should take from this as resellers is people are being warned to buy early because of the supply chain. They're not going to buy early. There's going to be an insane demand unless they get this supply stuff figured out by Christmas time, which I, I doubt they will because they have a hard enough time keeping up. And if they're already got a huge backlog that they're trying to work through, it's just going to compound on top of itself. Uh, so this, this potentially is a great opportunity for resellers. Yeah, and, and you, you couple that with the government putting more money in the coffers of people for whatever, you know, like right now what is that child tax credit that's coming. Right. And, and so you're getting that every month, right. If you hit a certain economic range. And so, I mean, yeah, do I think we're going to end up, I, I personally believe we're going to be in an economic catastrophe at some point, uh, but I'm not here to share doom and gloom. Uh, you know, Goldman Sachs actually just had a report that like eventually supply will catch up with inflation and we're going to be good. But all I'm saying is this Q4, I would definitely start prepping early. Uh, I'm, I'm already, you know, in, in August. That's why I'm listening like crazy right now. Because even though, you know, I'm still making the sales, but I, I want to make sure that once Q4 hits, like I'm good to go. I had mentioned this last time. Remember, here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. And I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, you, you guys have listened to podcasts enough. Like, can I say, like, I think lockdowns are a bad thing. Is that okay? Yeah. You know, you're going to hurt some feelings, but. Okay. Anyways, we went down this, we went down this road and I already, I feel like things are happening again. So this last time uh, in January, right? Last year in January, it was like, oh, you know, there's this disease spreading in China and next, you know, it's like, oh, it's in Europe. Oh, it's here now. Lockdowns. And we're seeing that happen again. I mean, Australia just got locked down. So if we play out that scenario like we did last year, last year around this, uh, not around this time, I think earlier, I was already saying stock up on stuff for Q4. Make sure you're ready to go. Like, you know, as a full time seller, I have no options. I have to plan as if it's going to be a huge Q4, because if I don't plan and it is, I'm in trouble. Like there's a lot of money I'm missing out on. And if I do plan and it doesn't happen, well, I can always find ways to offload that inventory. But, you know, to me right now, and, and I hope it doesn't happen, but there's a lot of things that are pointing me to like, we may end up being in the same scenario again, which I don't know how that's going to play out in the States. I mean, here in California, we're all like, we're, everything's normal again. It's getting there. Well, except... <laughs> Except, you know, there's a lot of places that people are still wearing masks. But for the most part, you can go anywhere and you don't have to wear a mask or anything, right? But man, if we get back into that place again, we're going to see those numbers. So either it's going to be supply chain or it's going to be lockdown. And if they both meet, it's going to be a crazy Q4. So we'll see what happens. All right. Enough about all of that. It's time for the segment that everybody's always waiting for. Yeah, the segment 
that that is worth its weight in gold because what's your bolo yeah what's your bolo mike so i kind of got thinking uh when i mentioned invincible um and it being potentially a q4 bolo and then you mentioned i don't even remember what you were talking about you said something about ghostbusters um oh yeah the genesis games so yeah the genesis games. so i went to the movie theater for the first time and and it's been probably a couple of years since I've been to a movie theater and we took my son the first time he's ever been to a movie and we watched Peter rabbit number two. It was a lot of fun. Uh, but I, because I don't have TV, I don't see commercials for anything anymore. And I saw the previews to the new ghostbusters that's about to come out. Oh, there's a new one. So it's one of the kids from stranger things. And it looks like stranger things mixed with ghostbusters, like the way the filming is going to be done. It it looks like it's going to be great. Whenever there's reboots like this, and and this looks like it's going to actually be a good reboot. Well, it depends. On the, there's some bad reboots. That's that what I'm saying. There, there there are a lot of bad ones, especially when they try and like tell the exact same story, but like from a slightly different perspective. Like sometimes that doesn't work, or they just remake the exact thing. This is like kids or grandkids. It's like the grandkids of the Ghostbusters. They like huh. find the stuff, and ghosts are coming back. And so, I think that it's going to be a huge blockbuster hit. I think it's going to be. I mean. The way it looks like it's been filmed, the fact that it's got the Stranger Things How kids in it. How much different stuff have we talked about on this podcast? No, but so I think that that's awesome. Ghostbuster stuff is going to explode. So whenever you see like new reboots, they make things like when they made the new Lion King, it's like oh, all of a sudden I got Lion King things selling. They make something about Michael Jordan. Oh, my Bulls stuff starts selling. Right when something big happens, things will start to sell. So if you've got Ghostbuster stuff. Think about upping the price. And if you're not looking for it, be on the lookout. If you can find some old school Ghostbuster toys, some old school Ghostbuster, you know, gear, whatever. I think that it's going to it's going to just jump in popularity again. And like like anything, once the new thing comes out, people are going to be looking at the old vintage stuff. So I think there's going to be a huge spike in Ghostbuster sales. Uh, So if you already have stuff, be thinking about raising the prices and definitely be on the lookout. Okay. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot. I mean, with movie theaters, hopefully they stay open. There's going to be a lot of things like Marvel. They got some movies dropping. I mean, there's going to be stuff that's going to be potential good money this Q4. All right. So did I did I talk about Pearl Snapshirts before? Uh, I'm not sure. Okay. So I don't know what it is, but the the you know Pearl Snapshirts were like money like five years ago. Like you could find any. I mean, even like Wrangler. Uh, so pearl snap shirts are like you know you have those buttons that are like kind of like 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 pearls yeah okay and they're shiny and they're cowboy shirts right and I don't pick those up anymore I haven't picked those up in probably I would say three years and I just recently in the last month started picking them up again and they're selling again hmm. now there's a catch to it okay and when I say selling. They're they're always selling, but I want them to sell at a price point that's above $30. Like, I don't want to spend $5 and sell it for $20. Like, yeah, it's still money, but I, I'm more of like, I, I at least with clothing, I at least like making a clean $20 after fees and everything. Okay. So I'm usually $30 for me, but it depends on the item. So I went to a garage sale and I picked up a bunch of Roper and Scully. So two brands to look for, Roper and Scully. Uh, pearl snap shirts that were embroidered and i'm selling through them already right actually i sold a roper one that had stains on it and it had a bunch of horses in the front and that one sold for like 25 and i paid like three bucks i sold a scully one 
that had a Cadillac embroidered in the back and two guitars in the front. I paid a dollar for it at a garage sale and I sold it for $58. I sold another Roper shirt that was just blue uh, and it had um, just, you know, embroidered designs on it. Paid a dollar for that one and that one sold for 30 bucks. And so I've been selling Pearl Snap shirts and I see this moving forward. Like, I don't know why it's happening. Uh, maybe it's country music's growing. Maybe, you know, there's, I, I don't know, maybe there's an influx of Californians that are moving into Nashville and they're like, hey, you know, we need some Pearl Snap shirts. I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. You got to fit in, man. But it's a, do you know the largest amount of people that move into Nashville are from California. Oh yeah, I believe it. And then my buddy's in Boise, Idaho, and he's saying the largest amount of people in Boise are Californians now. Yeah. Can you imagine though if you'd have told people a long time ago that everybody would be leaving California and going to like Phoenix, Boise, and, Idaho? And no offense to anybody from Boise. No, I mean the, honestly, like I'd, I'd, I think I'd much rather be in any of those places than than California right now. Uh, but yeah, it's just crazy how how there's, there really is like a mass exodus. And so yeah, I mean that's I think that's a good point that people might be looking at uh trying to fit in at their in their new culture yeah so anyways keep an eye all right what are you looking forward to mike i was supposed to never say shed again for what i'm looking forward to and that i can't think of anything else that i'm looking forward to more than finally getting getting my life back together because that's what i feel like right now it's all out of whack because my inventory is just in, it's just in a, in a mess you know i want it in, i want it in, in in my shed i want it organized and then I feel like I can go and source again because now I feel like when I'm sourcing, I'm just like adding extra work to me because I don't have I don't have the, the bandwidth. I don't have the location to put stuff. So uh, I'm, I want it to be done hopefully today. And, and when I get get home from the, uh, the water park, it's going to be beautiful. I'm going to just see the shed. I'm going to pull up to it. <sighs> it's going to be lovely. <laughs> I've never seen somebody so excited about seeing a shed. But okay. All right, so I'm looking forward to listing all my gloves. I just want to see how it goes, right? And and here's the thing. I'm already at past 2,500 listings. Like, I lost some of it because of the move, and I wasn't listing. And now, because of my helper, like, I've gone way up again. And I do think I'll be able to hit 3K and listing in the, in the summer. Like, I see it. I mean, if I just list all these gloves, I'll be at 26-something. That's on top of other items that I'm listing at the same time. So, uh, so yeah, I'm excited about that. And... uh yeah, I need to get back into Amazon. Like it, it's a it's a non-negotiable right now, which I I plan on doing anyways for Q4, but um I need to get out there. I have not scanned uh well no, I did. I went to a couple of stores the other day and scanned just to see what's out there and I found myself restricted a lot more than I'm used to. Mm, you so, can see you didn't you weren't feeding the beast, man. Well, yeah, and and also I got dinged on like some clippers. I did I mention this like a bunch of my clippers, remember, I made a ton of money last summer. Some of them got returned. They look like they're new sealed still. And I sold them and they weren't. And oh. so luckily I didn't get suspended. Uh, Amazon suspended the listing and I can't li sell that anymore. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, I mean, and clippers, that's a rough one to, to open I, up. It's gross. Don't get me wrong. It's gross. I just it's didn't like, know. You know. So be careful. But anyways, I'm looking forward to getting back into Amazon, into the FBA game. And I have space and I could do that way easier than before instead of trying to put together boxes in my living room, you know? So I'm looking forward to that. So, so yeah. So got a lot going on. It is summer, by the way. Hopefully you're spending time with friends and family and enjoying, especially the fourth coming up. Happy uh, Independence Day uh, to all our fellow Americans. And I think Canada Day just passed too. Did it? 
right? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. There's well, a bunch of holidays too coming. Anyways, but yeah, happy happy Independence Day. And if you're uh, if you're from England, sorry about that. Sorry, <laughs> sorry that- not sorry. <laughs> And on that note, love all of you, especially all our friends from across the pond. Make sure you be real, be relevant, and be selling plates. Peace.